Welcome to the Voice of the Shepherds monthly podcast. With over 130 years of combined pastoral experience, these trusted international ministry leaders bring their deep love and respect for one another to offer you riveting and candid discussions that can shift paradigms. Here is your host, Dr. Kim Moss. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Move Forward podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. But today, um, as we do every month, and we're going to be changing this to twice a month, so it's so exciting, is the Voice of the Shepherds with my great friends, Dr. Alan Hawkins, Dr. Nick Goff, and Dr. Rodney Hogue. And you know them by now, so I'm not going to spend our time introducing them, reading their bios. You can catch that in the show notes. And uh, But I want to start with asking uh, you guys, Guys, my friends, what you got new going on in your life? Anything we can catch you up with and catch our people up with? Alan, how about you? Yeah, Gail and I are in the process of uh, starting a nonprofit so that um, we can get out there and do ministry independently. And kind of our our aim, uh, a lot of the smaller churches uh, are unable to access the people to come in and do special events. And that seems to be a place where I have a niche. And so I'm going to make myself as available to as many people and churches as I can. We're going to launch a website. We're going to uh, just do the normal things to uh, keep involved in kingdom ministry um, in the local church. So Ellen, I have people who ask me, because they used to attend church online when you were pastoring uh, your church, New Life City. And um, so will you have on your website uh, or maybe a YouTube channel, live streaming or or the recordings of the things that you in those churches so people can tune in? Yeah, the, the website will be a place where you can access all of the uh, all of those things. And uh, by the way, I'm starting a new teaching this weekend. I'm going to do eight weeks that I'll I'll say it. One audience will love this and the other audience will go, what's he doing? It's going to be eight teachings on the Eucharist. So it's basically the same thing I've always done on covenant, but this is on the inauguration of the new covenant. That's beautiful. All right. Are you creating videos? Is that what you're doing? Are you teaching it at a certain place or they're recording it? Uh, I'm going to be teaching it as a class at New Life City, and it will be uh, audioed and videoed and made available online. Okay. Good. And do you have an online address yet? Not yet. Not yet. So you'll announce that next time we're together. Next time, she says. (laughs) All right. Very good. Hey, Nick, how about you? A couple of times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alan, your, your kingdom teaching is so amazing. I got to hear this teaching on the Eucharist. It's just your kingdom yeah. teaching. For those who are watching this who have not heard it is, I think, one of the best teachings on kingdom. So I can't wait to hear your teaching on the Eucharist. Kim, Robin and I, we planted a church in Cary, North Carolina. That's if you're in the Raleigh area. It's called The Branch. We meet Saturday nights at Cary Christian Academy, and, and we're plugging away on that. We're loving it. And, and yeah, thank you for asking. All right. And so how do they find you? 
You can find us, you can look on online, uh, the branch NC is where you'll find us at. We have YouTube videos out. Uh, we invite you to come every, uh, every Saturday night, but that's how you'd find us, the branch NC. All right. And Rodney? I'll, I'll, actually, I'll actually be flying into Raleigh in uh, February. Oh, uh, bro, I want to see you, man. I'm going to be at YWAM Long Beach. <laughs> so if uh, I am here, I, uh, if you're coming, are you coming in the weekend or the weekday? I'm coming in on the weekend. I'm actually coming in. And, you know, I'm, go I'm going to New Bern. So oh, I'm going to be down at uh, Ben Williams Church. Yeah. Well, okay. so I'll be with Ben Williams in the middle of February. Okay. And uh, just but in and out. Well, actually, I think I think when I come out, fly out on uh, uh, on Monday, I might I might have a little time that we can have lunch or something like that. My treat, my treat, bro. All right, <laughs> I'll tell my ride, and we'll 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 work it out. Please, we'll make that happen. Yeah. So, Rodney, how did they find you? What you got going on? Well, you can you can find me at uh, rodneyhogue.com. Uh, I don't know about you know last. Last fall, my schedule just bumped up. I mean, we went to new levels, and I wasn't expecting it. And now the spring is all full. Uh, I don't have anything, any openings until probably sometime in the fall. If I do have them at all, it's just how do they find your itinerary though, so that if they're if they're close to somewhere where you're speaking, that they can show up and hear you and shake your hand. <laughs> I'll try to get it on my website. Okay. I'm a little oh. slow with that. You know, my you daughter puts that on me, but I have to give her that information, you know? So it's, uh, that's, I know we have one, but I'll, I will work to get it on there, but I will be all over the country pretty much. And, uh, and probably England in the fall. So it's going to be, it's full. That's a lot awesome. of travel. I know. That's awesome. Same here. My schedule is full for the year and I'm busy writing a brand new book. My manuscript will be due in uh, June 1st and I'm writing on women in scripture for women. And uh, I'm excited about that. I also am right now uh, just about to launch a an online mentoring program. And uh, so I've been asked I've been asked to have that by many over the years. And I've just sort of uh, not had the the uh bandwidth to do that but uh planning it right now and uh that i'm getting the website together the web page the the you know all of that all of that kind of stuff that goes into that so you'll be hearing about that from me very soon but today we're actually here to do voice of the prophets i mean voice of the sorry voice of the shepherds and uh and i always think that's really important because we have a lot of prophetic conferences. We have apostolic conferences. We have church planting conferences, but but we don't often hear from the pastors. And as uh, the four of us have said many times on this program that we believe that the, the voice of the shepherd is is extremely important, especially in this time, because it's the shepherd that helps helps the people in the church uh, navigate the times and the seasons that we're in. So uh, so let's get started, shall we? Uh, today we want to talk about, I have it right here, uh, and this is our regular Tuesday because Voice of the Shepherds is released on Tuesdays. And so here's our first question. What do we mean when we talk 
kingdom. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about um, being family in the kingdom. We talked about the voice of the shepherds and what that means and how important that is. We talked about our own lives and our own love of being shepherds when we each were shepherding. And, and so, but now I want to sort of go a little bit deeper and talk about what, what does that exactly mean? What, what, what is kingdom? Well, Kim, the easiest way to remember that is it's the king's domain. It's the message that uh, Jesus starts to preach when he's loosed in ministry in Matthew chapter four. He's speaking the gospel of the kingdom. And we have this evangelical gospel, right, we, that we preach. But Jesus is going to preach the gospel of the kingdom, his, his domain. So when you say that, what what would be the difference? You say we have an evangelical message well, the, that we preach yeah, that Jesus preaches kingdom. Yeah. So we're we're always talked about the the gospel message and evangelicalism. It's the it's it's gonna track like Adam and Eve came in the world, God created them to have dominion, they fell, and then the story's a, a story of redemption. Jesus shows up on the scene, you have to be born again. That's usually the evangelical gospel. Uh, but it's different, way, way different than the gospel of the kingdom, a place where Jesus is king and is taken back and has dominion, given us authority, exosia, to, uh, to see the miraculous, to cast out demons, to do the power ministry. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alan. I'll see when you, you When you announce a king, it's always good news. And so simply the good news of the king uh, when jesus was crucified the that that conversation that strikes all of us so strongly is uh, Pilate, so are you a king and jesus very wryly responds to him and then when he's crucified as a mockery of him they nail on the cross the king of the jews and of course that's a little bit of a mistake because he was the king of kings and and uh, including the Jews, yeah. and and so the good news is the announcement that that this one who came into the domain of man and was crushed by the powers that existed is actually the Lord of all, and we're announcing that. That's our announcement, our fearless announcement, is that it doesn't matter what you see or hear. Uh, the King is reigning. He lives. He's Reigning on the throne. Athanasius writes to this. Athanasius writes in his uh, in his commentary on the incarnation and what that actually looks like. The the God with us, the Emmanuel, and 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 the power of that is God taking on pre-existent God coming down, always existent, coming down and becoming man, and that's good news. <laughs> When you look at the New Testament, the New Testament, the word kingdom of God is used over a hundred times. Just in the Gospels alone, not counting Acts, not counting the other things. The primary message that they preach happened to be the gospel of the kingdom. And what we preach is the gospel of reconciliation. I think that's what Nick was talking about with the evangelicals. Uh, reconciliation is like the entry point into the kingdom. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says, you know, that unless a person is born of water and a spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom is kind of this, it, for a lot of people, it's, it's a pretty vague thing. 
But because it is familiar terminology, there is a presumption that they know what it is. But when pressed, most people couldn't give you a definition of the kingdom. They couldn't tell you what it is in two to three sentences even. And, and if you think about it, when he tells us that we're supposed to be seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, I mean, we really should be able to know what we're seeking. Right. You know, when we're praying that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay, you know, you ask the, what does that mean? Well, <clears throat> a lot of the guys in the circles that we run in are going to say this. They're going to say, well, you're, 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 ba- you're asking heaven to come to earth. But that's not what that says. It doesn't say you're calling heaven to earth. You're calling the kingdom of heaven, the rule of heaven the rule. Uh, to this earth. So that's really what you're, what, what you're doing. But most people don't even fully understand that. And so when they talk about the gospel, they do this reconciliation thing where Jesus died on the cross, paid for your sin. If you invite him into your life, you become a new creature, a new creation, and you'll go to heaven when you die. And most people miss the whole aspect of the kingdom of God. And that's why we have weak and powerless Christians, because the only gospel that we preach happens to be the gospel of reconciliation. So once they get reconciled to God, they're like, well, that's it. And not realizing all that is involved with the kingdom. I mean, the way I like to explain it is it's like you go into, you know, you go inside the door of a house and now you're standing in the foyer. You're in the foyer. So, you know, you've come into the kingdom. You're, you're in the foyer and you stay in the foyer your whole life until you die. And then you go out the back door through eternity and you miss living in the house. I mean, you should at least make it to the That's kitchen, good. right? You know, <laughs> at least go to the refrigerator or maybe you found one room in the kingdom. Maybe you got like the, there's one room that you like and you, you just go and hang out in that room until you die. But there's a whole aspect of the kingdom that the church has not really grasped. And I think in the season that we're in now, God is once again emphasizing his kingdom. In the absence of, of doing this, um, we, we find ourselves lapsing into um other discoveries of the it and whether so we often substitute kingdom for politics. We substitute yeah. kingdom for psychology. We substitute kingdom for other things. And when you discover the kingdom, those things lose their luster, lose their beauty, lose their grip on you. And uh, I, I can remember the time when I was first hearing that I, I needed to study the kingdom. It was uh, very provoked by my spiritual dad, uh, our spiritual dad, Jack Taylor, who's written a wonderful book called uh, Cosmic Initiative. And uh, I would would call on you to look at that book. But but the thing to to notice is... (laughs) I just haven't read, you know... You have it right there. Yeah. (laughs) You have it right there. So the thing to notice is that this kingdom... Is in the Holy Spirit. Right. Yes, this is what gets you out of the foyer. Because yep. if you keep if you keep the salvation story uh, about your uh, eternal destiny, you sound more Platonic than Christian. You 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 kick it upstairs, and and being a Christian is not kicking it upstairs. It's living in the Holy Spirit, righteousness, yep. peace, and joy in and the joy. Holy Spirit. And it's not a surprise that. Um, that it is um, spirit-filled Christians 
that have most turned their focus toward kingdom preaching. So we all we all knew uh, Papa John Ruthven, of course, yeah, yeah. and uh, and he would emphasize again and again. Oh my gosh! I just looked outside. It's snowing outside my window right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> <clears throat> Hallelujah! Oh, anyway, <laughs> um, he would emphasize that um, the preaching of reconciliation and, and the evangelical gospel, as as you guys have pointed out, um, it's true. I mean, we're not saying that these things are not true. What we are saying is that um, salvation coming into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and making him Lord over your own personal life is the preparation then for the goal of the new covenant, which actually was the poured out Holy Spirit. Right. So the Jesus Jesus is the spirit bearer and then he's the spirit bestower. And so he certainly did come to die for your, you know, take on humanity and and take on sin and conquer death and all of the work of the cross the in the atonement is absolutely true. It's absolutely right. And we then come into this saving relationship and we are, we are saved. We've been justified and we sanctified and all of these, as he called the ordo salutis, right? The order of salvation. These things are applied to our life. The Holy Spirit has drawn us into that place, you know, and we, we, we are reconciled then to God uh, through the blood of the lamb that was shed on the cross. And we need to remember that and honor that. However, if we stop there, then we have not fully, we have not fully received the kingdom, you know? And so we fully receive the kingdom when we receive the fullness of the Holy spirit that has been poured out at Pentecost, you know? And, and so being part of the kingdom um, and Jesus, when he announced the kingdom, he would say, he said to his disciples, how many times, you know, go and heal the sick. And when you have, when they are healed, then say, now the kingdom has come near you because there is a power of the kingdom and the power of Christ is over darkness, over sickness, over demons. Right. And so, so then Mark can say to us in Mark 16, 15 to 8, which I love so much you know um now go into all the world and preach the gospel but we're supposed to preach it with a demonstration of the kingdom that is within us and that comes near through christ and the holy spirit and in that we cast out demons we lay hands on the sick you know we have a we have a spiritual language called tongues we have the prophetic language and utterance you know and so all of these things this is all part of the kingdom yeah, and I think we get in trouble in our camp. Uh, there's this post-millennial view of kingdom now, dominionism, that has led us into Christian nationalism. And uh, the kingdom, I just opened that box, Alex. Oh, you're going there, aren't you? We're all like, Woo! <laughs> Yeah, it's Sorry. We, well, it was going to eventually go there, but, you know, I don't know if we wanted to make a few turns before we actually got there. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, so let's, let's hold that. Like that right. I'll hold that. I'm sorry. That was a little bit. Yeah. Just, that, that just was a hold little... that for a minute. Yeah, and, because I do want to get into, you know, I do, I do have, I do want to get into how the, our eschatology, right, what we, what we believe about the end does shift and change um, how we how we understand kingdom and live 
in real life. You know, yeah. I mean, we we live in real life, yeah. like, and there are lots of things going on right now, and how we understand the kingdom and relate there, and how we understand uh, the end, eschatology, the last days, then uh, affects how we behave now, how we, and so we do want to go there. But what I want to first ask you first is that um, this is the voice of the shepherds and people, people are in church. Some of them are deconstructing right now, of course. And, uh, and I've had conversations with others about some deconstruction is good. You know, if you, if you're deconstructing your eschatology, that's leading you into nationalism, that's good, you know, but if you're deconstructing all the way down until you're leaving your faith and then you become apostate, that's not good. And, uh, but and I think that shepherds in particular are important to to be pastoring people who are going through some of these things. So how does being a shepherd uh, impact kingdom life? You know, and and what so I have two questions. How does being a shepherd impact kingdom life? And then I want We said that the church is a family. So if a church is a family, how is it part of the kingdom? And. And in that family, how does the shepherd, what what role does the shepherd play in that? Is that, do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, I, I Kim, I've been in ministry 42 years, Alan, Rodney, the same. And because of that evangelical <laughs> perception of uh, the gospel, of, as Rodney said, is the gospel of reconciliation. Uh, as a pastor, one of the things that's in my heart is the awareness of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's not for a few, it's not for the select, it's available for all. And that awareness, that aha moment when Jesus says, and greater things shall you do, uh, it, it's almost for so, so many is like, well, that's impossible, that's un unattainable. But that power is released to us to see his kingdom come. So when Jesus in this Lord's prayer, the model prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, everybody's saved. In heaven, everybody's healed. In, everybody, in heaven, everybody is whole. And I believe that's for, for us now. And, uh, and that revelation almost seems like presumption. It seems like arrogance to so many in the church, in the local church body. So as a pastor, one of my, my roles is, is to help bringing people into that kingdom awareness. George Ladd's book, probably one of the pinnacle books on the kingdom George Ladd writes into. Uh, but it, you got that up there, Kim? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm, lo I'm looking for it because I know I got it. It's right behind me somewhere, but you know. Yeah, when, yeah we talk, when we talk kingdom, so many people reference, it's almost like they're, they're going to George Ladd first. So. Via John Wember. It, it's it's not surprising that, um, and this is kind of back to where Kim gave us the, the kickoff. Um, anytime you go internationally and you preach Christ, demons manifest. Oh, yeah. And what you have there is the clash <laughs> of kingdoms. When Jesus is announced, the, the powers that be are under assault. Now, I said that, but... Uh, I also sometimes have said that casting out demons is um, a gateway drug to getting filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> because, because I ran into demons in America long before I saw them internationally. Yep. And 
it's not whenever there's whenever there's a, a fresh move of God, and this is you see it in the book of Acts, uh, you see it on the mission field, and you see it in America. I there's an uptick of people needing to be delivered from the power of spirits that are tormenting them. I don't want to get into the debate about possession and I, I don't want to be in that debate. I just want to say that I got a book. Rodney's here. <laughs> Rodney has the book, right. <laughs> so Rodney can do that discussion. <laughs> that when, when you, when you announce the kingdom, you're going to have a clash of kingdoms. You know, when Alan, I think what you said about deliverance and getting with the spirit, I was casting out demons before I was really fully filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was the confronting the demonic that I end up saying, God, I have got to have more. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not working. I, 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 there's got to be more. And it was that passion for more uh, from casting out demons that I need more that actually positioned me to receive more fullness of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. I think that's a really important point because um, I I have heard so many places where I have gone where the the uh, anointing to do some of those things, right? We call it the anointing, and that's common uh, in our in our context that we that we minister in, mostly Pentecostal charismatic. There's talk about the anointing, but so often the anointing becomes some kind of impersonal force, you know. And so you said you need to have more. So you need to have more of the Holy Spirit because the anointing is actually a person. It's not it's not some kind of mystical force the anointing is the person of the holy spirit so when we say i just want to make that clear because we are doing voice of the shepherds and so as a as a pastor i would make sure that my people understand that when we talk about we want more more power these things we're talking about where that we are we want more of the holy spirit so even even in those meetings when we go more lord you know we're talking about more of the holy spirit and a, and a greater uh, manifestation of his presence. Yeah, you know, the, so, the, the anointing, uh, his presence, his kingdom, it's not a feeling and it's not an emotion. And one of the greatest revelations is Colossians 127, Christ in us. And, uh, and I love it because we're talking about the kingdom of God is with us. Uh, I don't know how many times I've because I do a lot of prophetic evangelism where I've been out in the streets or, and I've just seen people manifest. I had, I was in Hollywood, California doing street evangelism and this guy just starts manifesting, leave us alone, leave us alone. <laughs> and, you know, and I was out with the police one time and, and there was a guy have, having a meth moment and, uh, and I, and it was two o'clock in the morning and I just wanted to go home. And as soon as I come up to the guy, he goes from manifesting to like, what is he doing here? Why is he here? Which I said, you know why I'm here. Who you get a call? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh man! The, the, go. the officers oh, thought man. it was funny, but it's not a feeling, an emotion. It's it's an authority that every believer carries. Christ in us, the kingdom has come. Right. 
authority yeah. by the name, by the yeah. name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not my personal authority. It's not my personal self-confidence. It's the authority of Christ by his name, by our relationship, by his name, by his blood and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this is how we yeah. we see the manifestation of the kingdom when we go and that it manifests because as Alan said, when you begin to preach the name of Christ, there's power in the name of Jesus, right? right? And when we begin to preach Christ and his death on the cross, his resurrection and his lordship over everything, then all those underneath things, all those demonic things, they begin to manifest. In, yeah. In, now, in know. the context of family, which you talked about, Kim, yeah. is God doesn't have superstars. He has, he has children. And we're part of this family where we carry that. And so as a pastor, one of my heart's burden is, is to have people aware that revelation, that thing that they're missing. Uh, the enemy, as we were talking about earlier, he, he condemns, he shames, he brings on condemnation. I'm not that. But the reality is you are that. You, you're a beloved and you've been called into this family. This, Yeah. If you want to talk about family. Yep. Because... There's no, you're not talking about something different when you talk about the kingdom, because um, when when you when you're in God's family, you're eating at the king's table, and uh, this is a theme throughout Scripture that whoever makes covenant with God is at his table, and then you see that wonderful relationship between David and Jonathan and David is the he, he's the one who is uh, anointed <laughs> to be the king and Jonathan had his own claim on that throne and he puts himself in covenant with David and and thus treats David like a family member rather than a rival and then when Jonathan dies David looks for Jonathan's family members to bring them to the king's table. And there's that wonderful story of Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. And, Never say that. And, and <laughs> being honored to come to the king's table. Um, and so now I'm back to Eucharist, that, that, when we, that when we become members of his family, we also are invited to his table. Yeah, And that um, the radical thing about that was that it brought people who never came to the same table, Jews and Gentiles, it brought them to the same table because they were serving the same king. And doesn't, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, if we talk about sa some sacraments, you know, because the Eucharist is a sacrament that we that we participate in, and um, but baptism as well, water baptism is also a sign of our family relationship, isn't it? Because we, even though it is a it is symbolic of dying with Christ and and being raised to new life, you know, in in the resurrection, being being coming new creatures it's also it also is a is um an entrance into the community of faith a public confession that we are part of now this community of faith this family so 
so and now I learned that when I was in the Baptist church, so the evangelical preaching we're talking about. And so then how does that relate when when we then add kingdom? So I'm part of the kingdom. And and um, I know you'll speak to that, but I have recently seen in the church that I'm in now, you know, when we baptize, as soon as they come up, we also lay hands on them for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you know, for the poured out infilling of a baptism with however you want to say it you know in when i was in the pentecostal church we always said baptized with the holy ghost you know and uh but then you know in the charismatic church it's more like the infilling of the holy spirit and you know we can have that several times and so what about that i mean and if we're if we're part of this kingdom family how are we supposed to relate to one another are we in covenant with one another i've heard that thrown around a lot lately you know and uh and what does that mean to be family well i think we need to delineate between little kingdom and his kingdom and i think uh by the nature of man uh we have become little kingdom focused denominationalism has the propensity to lead people into that. Uh, the kingdom of God is, what if Catholics are the kingdom and Greek Orthodox are the kingdom, Baptists are the kingdom, Pentecostals are in the kingdom. It's much broader than how we look at it. And uh, I think we've, we, when you talk covenant, are we, are we truly in covenant with one another? Um, a great, a great story is uh, David Livingston who would cut covenant to get into some of the tribes in Africa and uh, and he was in a, a tribe. And so whatever is yours is mine and whatever is mine is yours. And as a iconic jester, he cuts covenant with a, a tribal chief. He gets a stick and we get the, the cliche got my goat because all David Livingston had was a goat and he needed that goat to live on because of the food that was his subsidence. So the king got his goat and he has a stick and he was disappointed to say the least he walks in the next village with that staff and the whole village drops to the ground they drop to the ground because of the staff was representative of that king's authority i don't think in kingdom we realize the authority that we have sometimes so what's this emotion where's this emotion coming from i want to know i just had revelation understanding of uh of what we carry and we don't even realize it but we carry we're sometimes we, we're like david livingston stink man you got my goat and now i'm in with a stupid stick and what's this all about but when we walk into a place people fall to their knees because of the authority that we have it's such a grace it's such that we would be given that in our lives and not even really aware of it that's the emotions i'm overwhelmed by that revelation oh and i'm 64 my body doesn't produce testosterone anymore just estrogen so <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're really a girl <laughs> is that what you're saying no i'm, not, I'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> let's let's cut this part out okay <laughs> This is one of the this is one of those current event things that we're gonna have to talk about. Yeah, anyway. it's part of the growing old, but oh, being more I think as I get older, I'm more overwhelmed by the awesomeness of his kingdom. I, I don't think I ever got we're talking about that and that he would impart that to us and the authority that that represents, the grace that that represents. Uh 
that Christ in us. And so many times we don't acknowledge it, but, but the demonic, and we're talking kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness does. They're fully aware of the authority that we have. So as a pastor, I want my people to realize that you're God's favorite, that he dwells with you, that he so loves you. He so loves you that he had to create you. Yeah. I think that's right. You know, just stepping back to the baptism you were talking about a moment ago, you know, whenever it, it that baptism is, is, de- is a declaration. It's a public declaration of our union that we have with Jesus. You know, that you were, uh, you're one with him. You're, you're intertwined with him. And, and so therefore everything he did, you did, even though you've never been to Israel or seen the tomb, you were, you know, you're buried with him. You're raised with him because you're intermingled with the one who, who did all of that. And, you know, the kingdom is about the king. And so now you're intermingled with the king. And there needs to be a revelation of this, this oneness that is there. In the, in, when baptisms were done in the early days, you know, the first church, it, they, if you look at these, these uh, things, these, the ceremony, you know, part of it was deliverance. You know, it, they're, they're casting out demons as they're doing baptism because now you're, you're, you're declaring I'm, he is king and he's king over me and he's king over my body. So as you making him king, then you're driving out all of these demons. So you're declaring your unity that you have yes. with Jesus before heaven, before earth, with all of these other peoples. They're bearing witness that you're in this union with him. Yeah. You're driving out all the darkness. So you're not making him king right in the midst of that. Yeah. And you come into this family. And I think that it's maybe some of the things that Alan probably be teaching in that series on the Eucharist, you know, about our coming into union with him and coming into a oneness with 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 Jesus. I mean, there, there is an entering into the person of Jesus and the Jesus entering to us. And every time we even just, you know, we, we just take participate of the elements we're, we're entering into that his suffering we're entering into his death we're we're re, re redoing the covenant that we have with him i mean there's so much in this stuff that we just kind of glossed over as oh i think are we going to have the lord's supper on sunday i mean it's <laughs> much deeper than that much, yeah. deeper, much more powerful yeah much we talk powerful. we talk about his kingdom it's it's also an empowerment to endure so Alan was talking about the Eucharist. Henry Nowen writes a book called Can You Bear This Cup? Uh, it's an empowerment to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's an empowerment to acknowledge that in suffering, he's with us. And so for those who are watching this today, if you're not on the mountaintop, but you're in the valley, he's with you. His kingdom is with you in times that you think, how can I go on? Like, you know, I it's an empowerment to go on because his kingdom is forever and forever. When you embrace Christ, suffering is, is um, a very different thing. Um, but when you embrace Christ, that you realize that you become one with the one who, through suffering, brought the kingdom. And no, it's no surprise that, that we have that verse, by many tribulations we enter the kingdom. And as a Christian, we embrace sufferings altogether different. I'm not saying we make peace with sickness or that we don't seek deliverance from demons, but I am saying that we are a signpost to everyone else in the world that um, that this 
that this journey, this path, trail of tears that we're on as we uh, make the march, frankly, to the grave, uh, that, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Our oneness with him um, causes us to be able, as the book of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yeah. Yeah. Part of, the, part of being in the kingdom is an identification with the king. And uh, as, yes. we identi- as we identify with him as, as being called, as being set apart, uh, it, yeah, it takes on a whole other side of things. And again, back to that thing of, of uh, so many people in the body of Christ uh, that were saved, that's it. But there's just so much more. Uh, every, every one of us here, we identify with his kingdom in the context of the power of God. Uh, we've all seen miracles, blind yes. eyes open, deaf ears open, the dead raised. Those that are, you know, Alan, Kim, and Rodney, we've all seen that, right? We've all seen the power of God manifest. But what if it's more? What if it's, what if it's more? I want to stop you guys right there. And uh, I want to go back to Rodney. Um, Rodney, while you were talking, I felt the Holy Spirit so strong. And uh, for our people who are listening, and I'm going to ask you, would you please pray for them uh, about the that I'm I had. This is the thing that that kept coming to my heart. I just felt like there were so many who are listening to you and what you what you were saying about, you know, baptism and becoming one with Jesus and that mm-hmm. and that Jesus is Lord and things had to go. But I, I had this feeling that they had experienced it. But they hadn't. Ex- they had experienced baptism as a as a you know rite of passage, so to speak. But they hadn't experienced him really as Lord in that moment. And so, would you pray for those who are listening? We're going to agree with you that and that he would become truly Lord, and that anything that is tormenting them, you know, I'm not asking you to do a full on deliverance here, but I, sort of. Do you know what you hear? What I'm saying? Are you understanding yes. what I'm asking you to do? I, I'm. Yes, I am. All right. So let's let's do that. I just I just feel like we can't go on to the next thing until we minister that. So if you would. And then when he's done praying, uh, Alan or uh, or Nick, if you have something that you want to pray, then just you just go right ahead. So if you're listening right now to this, Mm -hmm. we we just want you to know there's a king. Mm -hmm. There is a king Mm -hmm. who wants to be Lord over your life so that you can be free. And so I want you to just close your eyes, bow your head, and I just want you to receive these this prayer. Lord Jesus, we just declare what Paul declared in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Lord, that you that as he declared that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open so that we may see what is the hope of our calling, so that we may see the inheritance that we have in the saints, that we will know the power that is working within us. The same power that it took to raise Christ from the dead, to raise him into heaven, to place him on the right hand of the Father, far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, above every name, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you've given all of this to your people, the church. Give us a revelation of that power of Jesus who is in us, that whenever we embraced him as our Savior, we also embraced him as our Lord. We embraced him as our king to be king over everything. 
and in our union with him, with in Jesus, that we have now become one with him. Therefore, in our union with him, that we are that we died with him, we have been buried with him, we have been raised with him, and we are seated with him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenlies. So we just agree with what Paul prayed for that church of Ephesus. And we just say, Lord, give us the revelation of our unity and our oneness that we have. And we just invite Jesus, who is now in us, intertwined with us, to have access to every room in our heart, every room in our life, every part that we have simply just, we, even the closets that we just simply protected, even the, the attic that we just we just stored stuff in that we want access to periodically. We, we give Jesus access to every part of our life. And we ask you, Lord, to wash everything clean. Wash everything clean. Yes. We just ask Jesus to come fill us and just crowd out all the darkness. Push out, just crowd, just fill us up so much that all the darkness has no place to hang on to. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Kim, can I pray for healing? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a guy out there right now. You're watching it. You're, you're known by Mike, but your legal name is Michael. And the Lord is going to intervene into your family's life. There's been oppression. There's been a level of warfare that you felt like, I, I just can't do this anymore. There's been uh, anxiety with really an emphasis on uh, depression. And Lord is breaking you off of that right now. He's breaking off generational things off you right now. There's a, a man out there with glaucoma. And uh, it's really affecting your right eye. And I want you to just put your, your uh, hand on your right eye. The Lord's opening up. He's bringing, there's a cloudiness. And he's bringing a focus to your to your eye right now in the name of jesus there's a woman with sciatica issues uh it, it literally causes your legs to to go numb and in the name of jesus i just command healing over that sciatica right now thank you lord loose that right now in the name of jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a lady named Sally and who's watching this, and uh, the Lord is going to operate over your 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 brain. I don't know if it's like a dementia thing, but the Lord is bringing clarity over it right now. He's bringing complete. There's like almost like a Parkinson thing, and the Lord's bringing healing over that right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks, I was thinking about when Alan was talking about Mephibosheth, you know, how he's sitting at the table. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, you know, and Mephibosheth was lame. Yeah. And, I mean, if he's sitting at the king's table, that's the tablecloth is probably draped over his legs. It's like all the shame that he had from being crippled was covered by sitting at the king's table. Come on. I mean, that, that thought just kind of hit me. That's good. Everything, you know, this Nick's praying for physical things. I like when you're sitting at the, at the king's table, everything, 
everything's covered. Everything's touched. See, what's different about <clears throat> proclaiming the kingdom is that immediately we begin to see the reign of Jesus Christ over the things that are in our life, whether it be shame or sickness or demonic oppression. We begin to see, wait a minute, uh, our Lord has authority here. And then we begin to apply it through prayers of faith uh, and through proclamations. And so I'm going back, Kim, to the fact that you were asking pastoral questions. That's right. Because the awareness of the kingdom brings the awareness of the presence of the king in every circumstance. Amen. That's right. Amen. Well, I am going to ask you one more question, and then I'm not going to let you give the fullness of the answer uh, because we're going to do that next week. <laughs> so we are coming to the end of our of our time right now. And I think that we're in a good place right now. But my question is this, how do we keep a kingdom perspective when we are looking at and thinking through current events that are happening all around us? You know, and I think, I think that this is particularly a pastoral question because when we pastor people we are we are helping them become um, kingdom people so that they can live out their lives by the Holy Spirit out in the world and most of the people who come into our churches right they are they are you know working a job and coming home and dealing with family and listening to news and and they are uh, and they are concerned about some of the things that are going on in the world and they need to begin to understand from a pastoral perspective how do we how do we navigate that in our understanding and our you know how do we how do we uh, understand that from a kingdom perspective I know you guys know what I'm talking about I'm trying yeah. to make it very clear for, to those who are <laughs> so what I want to do right now before we come before we end this this show and then we come back next week is I want to ask what are you what are the current events that you're seeing in the world right now that that you feel like um, need to be addressed by the church by pastors in the church because because I Here's my deal. So I'm going to answer this first. I, there are many things going on in the world that I feel like uh, the church should have the answer to. And pastors need to understand from a kingdom perspective so that we can help lead our people in, in attitude, in understanding, in, uh, in proclamation, in, in, um, in, in, in embracing others, right? And, um, and not like sort of just closing on ourselves and hiding, you know, because, yeah. because we're the church, <laughs> we're, the, <laughs> we're the church, we're the church, the kingdom is with us and in us, and we are to be advancing the kingdom, right? And so I think this is a very pastoral question. Yeah. And some of the current events that, that I have been uh, concerned about that I would like to hear you guys speak to um, it are things like the transgender issue that's going on with our children and so many children, you know, in the schools and, and in, in, you know, in, in the 
in the hospitals and that, you know, so there's, there's that, how do we, how do we deal with that? You know, there is the, there is still the abortion issue. It has been with us for a long time, but now we've had Roe v. Wade. And so there's those who are celebrating that. And yet there's those who are still coming to oppose that. And how do we in the church as kingdom people, how do we deal with that? Think about that. We are coming up on another election. And so all of that is, you can feel it just beginning. And that will, of course, involve the whole eschatological understandings, you know, that cause us to fall into dominionism and nationalism and, you know, these kinds of things. I think you answered your own question. Yeah. Yes, I question. am. I am answering. That's what I said. I'm going first. I'm answering my question. These are the these are the current events. You know? Amen. We agree. We agree. Yes. Then, then there's you know, and then there's local events, right? In my in my neighborhood, there was the murder of the four. I I live in Idaho. I live in North Idaho. So there was the murder of four students. You know, how do we address that as as church from from a kingdom perspective, you know, and, and those kinds of things. So then, and then the last thing that I think people are very concerned about is, um, are we, there's still the COVID thing going on, but are we, are we going to have an economic breakdown? You know, I mean, I have lots of people sending me prophetic words, you know, from other prophets and stuff that, you know, we're about to have no food to eat and there's going to be a worldwide famine and, and we're going to have a global breakdown of, of the economy. And how do we, how do we speak to these things pastorally? So did I leave anything out? Is no, there anything? You did it, you, you, yes. did it Kim. you know, part yes. of the problem, part of the problem is in church is we have these pendulum swings. And so we've seen a pendulum swing to the appeasement of culture. And we've seen it instead of the transformation of the culture. And so in church today, I'm hearing we're in a crisis. The church is in a crisis. The church is not in a crisis. Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What's in a crisis are comfortable Christians who might not be able to carry on the lifestyles that they have. And I think God is calling for us to be transformers of culture today. I don't know. That's I'll raise an issue that I think we overlooked. Yeah. I think that evangelical charismatic Christians seldom, if ever, look at immigration from a kingdom perspective. Oh, thank you. That's a yes. good point. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Racism. I mean, the whole, you know, issues of, you know, wokeness, whiteness, the, you know, so there's that, right? There's the race issue. Blockness. Which, yes, which, you know, I mean, all of these things are dividing the church right now. We're a mess. But yet we're supposed we're to be in, we're supposed to be in, you know, we're, we're, we're not, in crisis, the way you said, Nick, I agree with that because the kingdom will continue and the Holy Spirit's working. God is not up there, you know, like walking away from us. No. But at the same time, I do think that we're in some correcting correction period, you know, like God wants to speak to some real issues. There's also the uh, what was it? You know, there's a war in Ukraine right now. You can hear all kinds of different stuff about that junk. You know, I mean, I, I hear it from every perspective, you know, like that. And uh, so. All of those kinds of things. Rodney, is there anything else that we need to add before we close this one, leave this as a cliffhanger and come back for next week? Well, I mean, doesn't everything begin by understanding the end game about what God right. is up to? I mean, it's like everything has to be seen in light of what he is doing 
ultimately on planet Earth and how we fit into that. When we began to look at the kingdom of God, I'm like, what is he up to? Yeah. What's going on? You look at 1 Corinthians 15, he's bringing every enemy under his feet. I mean, there's that process of doing that. There comes that time in Revelation, you know, where he says that he's now proclaimed King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, everything he's, he's, you know, there comes a time to where what was won on the cross is fully manifested. And there's an agenda that goes on from now until that time happens. And so I think all of these things have to be seen in light of what God is up to and understand how the enemy is trying to derail what God is up to, understanding his strategies, because we're told not to be ignorant of his schemes. We're, we're told not to, you know, to, to fall into the snares. I mean, these are the different, you know, the enemy is up to something, but that's because yeah. God is up to something. Right. And, and all of God's promises are true. I mean, if God said it, it's true. When he's coming for a bride that, that, it, that is holy without blame, you know, and without shame. I mean, when he's coming for that pure, undefiled bride, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's that that is that is heaven's reality. And we can't just spiritualize that, that that. OK, well, that's just, you know, when, when he comes again, he's going to do that. No, I think there is a process that we have to embrace of what God is, what Jesus is up to with his bride. And really the ultimate thing. So I don't know. I think maybe some eschatology might have to fit in here first. <laughs> well, that's where we're going to, I think that's where that's we're, where be we're next going to be. Yeah, that's what will be next. That's week. right. That's but, exactly where we're going. That's where we're headed. But the pastoral it's, task is always washing with water and the word. That's the pastoral task to what Rodney is saying. What we're right. constantly to be doing in the, in the church is that work. This is this is the way Christ loved his church, and this is the way that the shepherds uh, care for his bride. That's good, Alan. And with that, that was a perfect way to end this because we we could go on and on, and we're going to go on <laughs> and on, but we're going to do it in subsequent shows. So, thanks everybody for joining me. I'm so uh, I'm so honored to uh, be your friend and to have you together with me, Alan and Rodney and Nick. Love you guys so much and um, and learn so much from your wisdom every time you're on. If you're listening, uh, this has been Voice of the Shepherds and we are on Tuesdays in the afternoon, evening Pacific time. And uh, we've been once a month at the last Tuesday of every month, but we are going to be shifting that and do two, two Tuesdays a month. So probably like the second and fourth or something like that, but you can catch us on the Kim Moss, uh, the Move Forward Kim Moss podcast. And we love you and we will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Voice of the Shepherds podcast. Be sure to join Dr. Nick Goff, Dr. Alan Hawkins, Dr. Rodney Hogue, and your host, Dr. Kim Moss, each month. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find out more about Voice of the Shepherds and discover many outstanding resources by visiting kimmoss.com.